Hello and welcome to Two Sides to Every Story. I'm Lauren and I'm Neurotypical. And I'm Austin and I'm not Neurotypical. We're here this week to talk to each other about quirks or habits that need some further explanation. Everyone has oddities about them, some a little more odd than others. Hopefully you'll listen and you'll find one of our views relatable and it'll help you feel a little less alone in the world. As always, we're not professionals, nor are we seeking to give advice. This is just our lived experience as we see it. So with that, let's get into it. Oh man, good evening, Austin. It's very late tonight. How's your week this week? Um, my week was good. I had a really good day today and pretty good day yesterday, I think. Um, kind of blanking what happened earlier this week, but yeah, I think I had a good week. How about you? You blanking? Unheard of. My week was really good. Um, I had a good week at work. We went out to dinner tonight, which was fun. One of our favorite restaurants. I said something at dinner, which, like, so I work on a farm, for those who don't know, and there's kind of, like, woods all around the farm, and a bunch of my coworkers go, like, foraging for mushrooms, and I was, like, gonna go with them and go get some mushrooms, and I asked you, and I said, if I bring home mushrooms from the farm, wait, are you gonna eat them? And you gave me, like, this face of like oh my gosh are you crazy like no I wouldn't eat them and then you laughed and you were like I guess I would eat them if they looked right and I was just like so that means you're not gonna eat them and you're gonna like like make this whole big deal about the mushrooms I bring home from work so I guess I shouldn't do it I think I I prefer like grown mushrooms rather than foraged mushrooms Unless you're an absolute mushroom expert on, like, what you can eat and not. Which, um, I support it. I'll eat, I'll eat the mushrooms if you want to go foraging for mushrooms. I'm just saying that, that I can't promise that I'll feel completely comfortable always eating the mushrooms. Well, what's the difference between the mushrooms that you get, like, at the farmer's market and the mushrooms that I'm going to find on the farm? Most of the ones at the farmer's market are grown rather than foraged. So they know what species they're growing. You don't know that? How do you know that? I mean, it depends on the type of mushroom, I guess. But I assume most of them are grown because it's on a commercial scale. And it might be very hard to find, like, forage a lot of mushrooms. That is not on a commercial scale. No, it's not. It's, like, local farmers that like sell at the farmer's market those could very easily be foraged mushrooms especially some of the niche ones so that's a bold thought that you're just thinking that every like backyard farmer is growing their own curated mushrooms and they're not going out there and foraging some of these mushrooms that i'm talking about are like 15 dollars a mushroom so you think they're just like growing them in their backyard no i think they're going out and and also the ones that i'm talking about are like literally sprouted a day two days later they're gone so like i don't think these people are just like developing the perfect atmosphere for like all these mushrooms i think they're going out there and finding them and selling them regardless they're mushroom experts so i'm fine with it 
okay, well, all the people that I work with are mushroom experts, too. So I don't understand why you are making it such a big deal that I might come home with some mushrooms. You say you're not making it a big deal, but every time you're like, I would eat them, you make this face like you're not going to eat them. And I know you, and you would make such a big deal about eating them. I said I would eat them. I just can't promise that I'll always feel comfortable eating them. That means I'm going to make a big deal about eating them. And I'm going to ask before I take every single bite about the mushrooms. Well, I'll bring some home and we'll see. And on the podcast, we'll talk about it. And we'll talk about if you made a big deal about eating the mushrooms or not. Anyway. Also, podcast update. I noticed this week we got like some new listeners. I don't know what happened. There was like a spike in new engaged viewers as the little analytics labels them so shout out to anybody new who's listening i think this week for autism awareness month we decided to talk about the like most harmful misconceptions about autism which funnily enough after having this conversation i was reading um some I can't remember where I was reading it, but somebody said that, like, being called dramatic is, I don't remember exactly how it was phrased, but it was, like, that you shouldn't call autistic people dramatic because it, like, invalidates their perceived, like, sensory experiences, which I was like, okay, I understand that, but as we've talked about in past episodes, I think you're very dramatic. And you call yourself dramatic. So for that per- that article that was saying, like, you know, autistic people aren't dramatic and, like, here's why. And it was talking about, like, sensory experiences and all that. And I was like, okay, I, I understand, like, how people could be, like, like, it's, like, diminishing your lived experience of, like, oh, you're really uncomfortable in this situation while well, you're just being dramatic, like, get over it. Like, I understand that and how that's harmful. But I think, like, being a dramatic person, I don't, I personally don't think there's, I don't understand what's, like, harmful about that. I think, like, I'm also a dramatic person in a lot of ways. I think you're a dramatic person. You say all the time, you call yourself dramatic, so. And I honestly think, I was, like, thinking about it and I was like well, maybe I should stop saying my Austin's so dramatic. But I mean, he says it about himself. Like, I only call you dramatic in instances where you would also refer to yourself as dramatic. And then I was also thinking, like, in all the instances in which you are dramatic, like, if you weren't dramatic, you it would be boring. <laughs> like, like, if you weren't a dramatic person, our life would be so boring. <laughs> there would be no, no pizzazz, no drama which I like drama. I think that's a good personality trait is being dramatic. Um, It's like entertaining in a way, I guess you can say. Um, Emotional, like the drama. We've talked about it on this podcast. Like I love drama. I love not like drama like tea, but drama like emotion and romance and drama and TV shows and books and movies. And like, I love it. I live for it. So, I mean, I like drama that you bring to our life too 
sometimes it can be a little oh my god you're being so drama right now but like i said like if you weren't drama then like our lives would be so boring like how unfun would that be so i just thought it was interesting that like the person was talking about like how like you shouldn't say that people are dramatic and blah 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 blah, because it like invalidates their experience and i'm like well i call you dramatic all the time but not to invalidate your experience but to just like point out like you're being dramatic and you don't have to stop being dramatic you're just (laughs) just fyi you're being dramatic what do you think um well i don't think like being dramatic has anything to do with autism you know if you're a dramatic person you're a dramatic person if someone calls you dramatic you know but you're really not and they did it because maybe you're overwhelmed by something like that's that's just mislabeling you know i would say i am autistic but i'm also dramatic in certain circumstances so um but obviously like i also see like how someone could invalidate you saying that's like saying you're too sensitive you know which is something i heard a lot when i was um a kid which was very very bothersome (laughs) um so i think you know depends on the context you use it but obviously if someone said it bothered them then you should like not use it you know doesn't bother me but i mean if i was really struggling with something and you said i was being dramatic then it would bother me (laughs) that's what i'm saying like i would never use the word like like i would never be like you're being so dramatic like get over yourself or something like that you know what i mean like if you were really struggling with something i wouldn't be like oh my gosh you're being so dramatic like i only say it when it's like it's like i i don't really care I would never be like, oh my gosh, you're being so dramatic. Like, knock it off. You know what I mean? I only say, like, oh, you're being dramatic in instances where it's like, I don't care. Like, you can keep doing it, but you're, you're like, <laughs> you're being drama right now. Like, drama town USA over here. And I do too. But I could see the instances really they're talking about where it's like, somebody, like, negates your experience and we're there being like, oh, you're just being dramatic, like, stop. Instead of being like, oh, okay, you perceive light and sound and temperature differently, so let me accommodate. You know what I mean? I mean, you, we, we thought about kind of talking about, like, misconcep- misconceptions about autism, right? And, I mean, the drama one kind of, for me personally, like, being called too sensitive was, like, one of the biggest ones um but again like i well (laughs) too sensitive is worse than being called dramatic because i feel like in no context is too sensitive really appropriate right it's like by definition you're too much of something and you need to stop um so that bothers me a lot more yeah i i mean it bothered me when I was younger. It still bothers me today. And not only that, but like when I am asked to like share like certain moments where I'm remi- rem- like, if I'm asked to like recall moments where people have said this to me, usually it brings up a lot of feelings still. Just remembering like when people, you know, told me I was too sensitive and at moments where it really bothered me. So it is harmful. Yeah, I feel like, why would you ever tell somebody they're they're too sensitive? That's, like, totally invalidating, like, all their feelings. And that's, like, awful. I don't know why. 
Especially like when you're a kid and you're trying to like teach your children how to like express their emotions and then you're like, oh, you're being too sensitive. Well, obviously then they're not going to like open up to you and like learn how to like express their emotions effectively if you're sitting there like invalidating their feelings. Another one that, you know, just kind of went hand in hand with the too sensitive and I mean, a part of this did have to do with like sensory input. A part of it had to do with like getting overwhelmed easily and that was when people would ask me to like toughen up too that was another big one um i also don't know to what extent like the role of like masculinity played in that because that also has more like it it could have had overlap with that um i'm not sure to what extent though yeah i feel like those kind of things like oh you're being too sensitive toughen up all that kind of stuff it's just like toxic masculinity maybe not like a you know harmful stereotype or misconception about autism but i think like another like harmful like misinformation is that like autism has a certain like expressive appearance i guess you could say like people will say like oh well you don't like look autistic and it's like what does that mean? Um, or that people like expect that there are certain behaviors or like, you know, physical expressions, stems that like all autistic people do. And it's like, no, that's not true. And it's harmful to be thinking that like all autistic people like act the same way or, you know, do the same behaviors or, you know, have any physical quote-unquote appearance um because it just it it like cuts out an entire group of people that you know don't struggle with those things i don't even really know when people are like oh you don't look autistic like what are they looking for like what is the look is it like physical like stimming like hand stims i i don't know like but that kind of like like it's not a compliment (laughs) And that's what you're going for when you say that. <laughs> I don't know. Like, it's just weird that that's, like, what you would say to somebody. Like, it, and I, that's, like, a common thing for, like, a lot of disabilities I know. Like, I know that's, like, another common thing that people say when, I don't know how much that, like, adults with Down syndrome get this, but I know that it's common for, like, when parents have babies that have Down syndrome, people will be like, oh, they don't even look like they have down syndrome and it's like what does that even mean (laughs) like that's not we're not doing that here you know what i mean like it's not a compliment it's not cute like don't do it i have a relative who comes to every family gathering on my dad's side who's autistic and i know no one struggles to find this individual autistic or to like accept that diagnostic yet Like, when I first told my dad, like, he didn't accept that I was autistic. (laughs) I don't understand why anyone would ever even say that. Or, 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 yeah, I just don't understand it at all. And, you know, the things I was talking about before aren't, like, inherent to autism. Like, um, there are things that can be said to anybody (laughs) that are harmful. And, um... You know, even though, like, at that time I was diagnosed with OCD and even and anxiety disorder. And, like, even though they knew that, I feel like I wasn't given any leeway into, like, being able to feel anxious. Like, that was not okay, is what I was told. And um, 
so much so that like actually i think getting anxiety diagnosis made it less okay to be anxious <laughs> i feel like um at that point it was like okay you have anxiety disorder so we need to get rid of that so you're never allowed to be anxious anymore you know that's just kind of how it felt and i feel like you know i just my entire life just always said don't be anxious be tougher don't be so sensitive um yeah i'm trying to think if there's any i know there's other things that are harmful i'm trying to think like yeah i mean there's like like everybody gets anxious and there's like a certain element of anxiety that is normal and healthy like if you're never anxious then you're not gonna have any sort of like propellant to you know push you outside of your comfort zone so i mean everybody gets a little anxious um all the time it's just a matter of like can you deal with it in a healthy way you know or not and if you can't deal with it in a healthy way then that's kind of like the point where it's like okay you need to maybe learn some coping mechanisms or maybe have medication or something like as long if it's inhibiting you in day-to-day life then that's an issue but literally everybody gets anxious it's a part of life um and it's supposed to push you to do things that you are uncomfortable with. That's like literally the whole point of anxiety. But some other like autistic stereotypes that I know are um, common is like saying that people are like rude or lazy or, you know, difficult to work with. And it's just like, it's literally not true. You're just like not being accommodating. <laughs> like, I don't understand why those stereotypes exist and i mean i do understand why they exist but it's like if you think somebody's like rude lazy and like hard to work with i i just i don't understand like i don't feel like anybody is like hard to work with in that sense like sure there are like personality traits that like don't line up in terms of like team relationships but Nobody is going to be, like, so hard to work with in that sense. Like, you're just not being accommodating of their needs, maybe. Like, if somebody is, like, an adult human being with a job, they're not, like, rude, lazy, and hard to work with. Like, they're just not in an environment that, like, highlights their skills, probably. Or you're not making it easy for them to work with you. Like, if you're just expecting them to, like, bend to the status quo, like, okay, obviously they're going to be hard to work with because they can't function in that environment. So, I, it's, yeah. What do you think? Yeah, I agree with that. And, um, you know, workplace accommodations or academic accommodations, I feel like there are, like, it's another thing I get really anxious about is, like, when people realize I have some sort of accommodation, they're always like, oh, well, like, what accommodation is it? What do you get? <laughs> you know, that, like, I don't get. It's, like, how it feels always. Like, especially when I, um, say, I have, like, extra time on exams. They're always, like, oh, my God, like, how much more time do you get? And, I'm like, is that really an appropriate question? Like, why does it matter to you? Um, I mean... I mean, not only am I scared they're going to, like, quantify my disability based on, like, <laughs> the length that I get for an exam, but 
I also am scared of them judging me or thinking like I'm given in some sort of advantage, which is just like not true. Um, and yeah, I mean, I'm always kind of scared to share those things because I'm always scared what people might ask or say. And um, misconception, I, I, it's not, or like, I don't know. It's just like a, another thing like that bothers me that people say and makes me uncomfortable. Um, I was going to add one more thing about what you just said. And, um, uh, well, you know, I mean, I don't really, I feel like if you're in the right environment, like you're not going to be rude or like lazy or any of those things, you know, I think you're completely right. Like the environment needs to be right. And like, I experience my own struggle. Like I actually really love the environment in which I work, but there are points where I do experience like some environmental challenges and that's like when I'm teaching in a lab with like 25 students and they all start asking me questions at the same time or things like that I get overwhelmed very quickly and you can tell that most of the students are really nice but you can tell some of them get frustrated sometimes and that makes me well it makes me feel sad <laughs> and um frustrated and I just feel like there's some sort of like intolerance sometimes in the workplace to um, not being able to respond always in an immediate and um, yeah, in an immediate way, because that's not really how I operate. I usually need time to think about things before I'm able to react. So that was just an example. And I, I feel like, you know, some students might think I'm a little bit dismissive when I tell them like, oh, I can't answer your question right now because I need, I have like a bunch of other people, you know, that's when they get frustrated. But like, that's not fair for them to like, you know, try to take my time away from other students or not give me the time I need to like respond in an accurate and effective manner. Yeah, I don't know. I think it's just like, I, I think workplace culture is like changing and becoming more accommodating as people like voice their need for accommodations but i think just for so long like the workplaces were just toxic and like it was all about like how much you could accomplish how quickly and it's just it's unhealthy i think for anybody but like especially if you have any sort of disabilities like it's just not conducive to like healthy or like good work i don't know i think it's funny like i understand what you're saying about like being scared that like people are going to try to like quantify your accommodations but i think it's just so ridiculous that anybody would ever think that any sort of accommodations is an advantage (laughs) because i don't even think the accommodations like make it equal like i think they try to make it equal but there's just no way to make it an equal playing field and then unless you just like completely redesign how you test you know students like even accommodations like it's just it's not i don't yeah i mean i actually have a lot to say about this all right there's two things one i want to mention the thing about testing the other thing remind me in case i forget about workplace culture um but the testing first, like, you know, um, okay, I'm giving it some extra time on an exam. 
usually <laughs> like uh, I, I have OCD, which is usually the biggest inhibitor to my test taking skills because they're a huge distraction. And also I panic and that can take a huge chunk of time out of my exams. And it's just horrible anxiety. And even if like I didn't have any problems, say that one exam, and I was given a little extra time, like any like bonus points I got from that are like nowhere near the disadvantages that people can have doing their work because you're only given accommodations on exams. That's to say like, oh, well, you're not struggling on your homeworks. You're not struggling with time management, which a lot of people with autism or ADHD especially like can struggle with, like executive functioning. And you you live in a world that's not designed for you, so you have some additional struggles. And, you know, to not have accommodations for a majority of your workplace or academic environment is like, you know, they're just giving you one accommodation for one thing in your academic or workplace life, you know? When there's so many things you could receive accommodations for. Well, well there, are some, there are some accommodations for classes. Um, from my experience, like, I mean, I didn't even know there were until I am at the university I am now. Like, my previous university, I didn't know there were really accommodations for, like, class stuff there's not a real straight criteria for the accommodations it's really at the discretion of the counselor that's at that university so it's really important to talk to them about it i mean that's can be good and bad you know because some counselors might not be as willing to give accommodations out um the workplace culture thing though with like productivity and stuff like i think that's bad for everybody um but, you know, if you, and this is not just like autism or OCD or ADHD, you know, if someone's struggling with depression or anything, like that will or that push for companies and industries to be productive can literally influence them to like push you out of the company or the environment or program that you're in, you know? And that just really sucks and um, is a really bad flaw in our society when we should be trying to diversify our workplaces as much as possible. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, I think it's just like a gross like way of thinking in which everybody like fits in this box and operates in the same settings and conditions and environments instead of just like thinking like, oh, everybody's a different individual with different needs and not even different needs but different priorities if the world was like had that kind of continuity where everybody literally has all the exact same needs and it's unwavering everybody would still have different priorities like some people prioritize family some people prioritize health some people prioritize travel some people prioritize friends like um yeah it's just like it's all so different even within our own families, like, what we prioritize, like, the two of us in our, like, little two-person family, very different than what your brothers prioritize, um, is very different than what my siblings prioritize, and so it's just, like, to think that everybody would, like, fit in this, like, one system, whether that be school or work, um, 
just community in general like I, it's just it's like who would think that that's okay um it's just crazy to me to think that and also like who would want to live in that world like i said before like if we don't have people that are dramatic it's boring if we don't have people that are like you know entertainers funny like all those different personality traits like boring 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 i wouldn't want to live in that world (laughs) like that sounds like no fun and it just sounds like a bunch of robots like all just living there 24 7 lives and that sounds boring so i just think it's like a flaw and i think it's kind of sad that like that's what people think of in terms of like success and self-worth i guess i don't know um and i also think that it's like weird like when people say like those kind of comments like difficult lazy rude hard to work with dramatic in like that negative sense whatever sensitive I'm like, do you really think that this person is, like, out to make your life that much harder? Like, when you're saying, like, somebody's, like, rude and difficult and, like, hard to work with, like, do you really think that one person is, like, out to sabotage your life and, like, make it so much harder? I'm gonna argue and say no. Probably not. Like, to think that, like, you're in the center of the universe and, like, everybody's, like, out to make your life so much harder, it's like, no, like, wake up. You know what I mean? Um, so, I don't know. I think when people say stuff like that, like, oh, you're being so dramatic, like, stop. Get over it. Like, you're being too sensitive. Like, get over yourself. You know, stop it. Is like, is this person, like, really trying to, like, make your life that much harder? Or are they, like, struggling and you're just not listening to them? You know what I mean? Like, chances are they're not, like, sabotaging you and, like, trying to, like, pull you down or, you know, like, stop you from succeeding that doesn't make any sense so i think it's just like how you view people just something to think about i guess when you're talking about like how not like you or our listeners but like when some people are like talking about how other people are so like difficult hard to work with lazy rude whatever it's like are they really or are they just different and you are just like wanting them to be a cog in the machine let's like think about it check ourselves think about the viewpoint from which we stand you know yeah i mean i could think about like my work peers and like we all have very different styles of working and how we work how we spend our time working and like would we all work great together no (laughs) but i mean we should all be able to respect each other's differences in the workplace and like collaborate as a team when we do need to work together, you know? Yeah. I, I would think it'd be unfair to expect anyone to work the same way I work and for them to expect me to work the same way they work. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider subscribing on YouTube or following us wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks. See you next week.